This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. You can fly fish with an $800 rod, a $300 reel, and $60 fly line, but you don't have a chance in the world without the $2 fly at the end of your line. That is your leader and tippet, to be precise. The fly is what attracts the fish, so it's important that you care for that little blend of feathers and peacock curl and elk hair on a paper clip-sized hook. So today we're going to talk about fly care and presentation. It's really a series of little things, but without attention to these little things, you will not catch fish. Now, remember, right after we discuss fly care and presentation, keep listening for our other segments, great stuff from our listeners, and also for Hook Set. That's where we ponder a quote about fly fishing. And Dave, uh, we've reached a milestone, haven't we, in episodes? We have. This last week, we just hit 200 episodes. We wow. have done one a week for almost four years so when we hit four years it'll be around june 1st or so i think the first week in june that will be 208 episodes right? wow yeah yep. i think it's right 208 episodes so uh hopefully they're getting better not worse yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> that's right and if you're a fairly new listener and you like to serial listen to things which we know a lot of our listeners do and we we tend to do that too with podcasts or uh television shows or whatever yeah Oh, man. All right. So let's talk about fly care and presentation. Uh, let's start with the very, very obvious, Dave. What's the first thing you want to do with that fly <laughs> that you've tied or that you've uh, paid your hard-earned cash to buy? Well, the very, very first thing is to, wait for it, store it. Wow, that is profound. Yeah, that's deep. <laughs> that is deep stuff. So put it in a quality fly box. So Steve, what is a quality fly box? Well, yeah. What that, do you use, by that, the way? That is important. I I can't remember the brand that I use, but I probably paid thirty thirty five bucks for that fly Ooh. box, and it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, along I, with the Sims chapstick. No. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> What? I take it that you didn't? What are you, you just using those those flimsy plastic yeah, little exactly. containers? That I've got a bunch of those in my satchel. <laughs> well, I do too. I've got some in my fly vest. That's why we're saying store it. But no, really, you do. You want to put it in a decent fly box that, that has, I mean, there's different ways that, you know, that these things work, but, but something where you can, you know, insert the, the hook into a little, uh, you know, foam uh I don't even know what the technical term is. Slot, I guess. Slot. Yeah. yeah. But something, too, that you can keep that open to let it dry. That's the other thing. If, if you just have it in a, in a box with compartments, well, that's okay. But sometimes I find at the end of the day, if I've used a, you know, who knows, even half a dozen different patterns and they're, they're in that box, I want to be able to open it up. Uh, let it air dry, but uh, you open that up and, and those flies aren't inserted into something that's holding them. Uh, they're going to fly. <laughs> uh, I do like the the fly boxes that are have the plastic cover over them. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I've had a I had a bunch. There was a time I bought those smaller ones that maybe two inches by three inches that had little containers, and I guess they were 
steel. I don't know. Yep. But they were oh, tiny yeah, boxes. I remember that. I still have them, but yeah. I and don't. Would, you'd hit the little lever and they yes, flip exactly. Open. And of course, the the draft on that would would throw the flies out. Especially those tiny twenty oh, uh, copper yeah. johns. Next thing you know, oh, your little a dr- compartment size is empty. Twenty parachute atoms, a dry fly that has no bead head or anything. Yeah, those babies would come Poof, flying out gone. of the box. I thought I bought just yeah. five of these, but no. Well, and you want something, too, that will give your fly... We're not trying to be funny here, but what can I say? <laughs> Space to spread its wings. <laughs> but, oh, brother. But you know what I mean. You, you don't want a bunch of flies crammed together because then they're gonna, you pull them out, they're going to be mad, or they're going to look like you know bed hair when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> so, actually, that leads to a second thing. So, store it. Secondly, fluff it. Uh, so your fly has a bed head, a bed hair. <laughs> Except for uh, those copper johns that have nothing on them. Yeah, like exactly. The zebra midges, right? I those uh, nymphs. Yeah, exactly. They don't need they, to be fluffed. They look pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So how do you fluff it? So I use a highly sophisticated technique, Dave. I, I just take my fingers and... Uh, you know, kind of pull out. You know, pull a little bit on on the the dubbing or or the, you know, the the hair. Just kind of uh, what strum it a little bit. I guess like you maybe this two hundred and first episode is yeah. the, is the beginning of the end. <laughs> That's right. Oh man, I read an article. <laughs> Sorry, I read an article where a guy said that he. <laughs> We're going down. I read an article. A guy said that he carries a toothpick. Now, I can't imagine putting toothpicks in my fly vest. I must be an engineer. Yeah, I never thought of that. It's actually a good idea. Yeah, it is a good idea. I'm not so sure that you have to do that, but uh, hey, that that might work. But yeah, sometimes your your flies, if they're not stored properly, kind of get crammed into a box and they just need to, to be fluffed a little bit. So... What else? Store it, fluff it, drum roll for number three. Attach it. Wow, there again that's profound, but this seems patently obvious, yeah. but it it's a little more complex than you think. Yeah, it so is. So one of the first things that I always do is to poke the the eye of the hook with a with uh, an eye cleaner if there's head cement varnish in it. Yeah, that eye cleaner is that little uh, thick pin that's uh, in in the nippers that yeah, you the have, nippers, that, yeah. That works good. And by the way, if uh, we're, we're kind of aiming this to, to new fly fishers. So if you're a, a veteran, uh, we, uh, we apologize In advance. For, yeah, yeah. for covering the basics. But uh, I tell you what, though, uh, just recently we were out fishing. I think it was the Big Green. And my eyes are not what they were. And I really need one of those magnifying glasses. But I already yeah. have magnifying. I always already wear magnifying glasses, right? But... I, Trying to put a size probably 5X or 6X X tippet through a size 20 fly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. after a bunch of tries, you realize, oh, I need to poke the, the eyelid yeah. because mm-hmm. there's cement in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it's, it's one of those things that keeps you fishing slowly because yep. it slows you down. And that's actually the nature of fly fishing. Yep. But Attaching it is a is a simple thing, but uh, you got to get that eyelet cl- clear, or else you won't be able to get that uh, tippet in there. Yeah, and what kind of a knot do you like to attach uh, the the fly to your tippet? Generally, an improved clinch. 
Yeah, that's I mean, that's really about the only thing you need. You know, I've, I'm I've sure ex- there's a thousand other. Yeah. Some of you will send us those, and that's great. And uh, you can be the not expert. That's right. But, yeah, the improved clinch works great. We're not even going to try to describe it. You have to see it. So yeah. uh, Google it, and you'll, you'll see the improved clinch. You always talk about adding a little saliva to deal with the heat yeah. that comes from the friction. That's right. So talk about why that's important. Well, with monofilament, when you when you're pulling it together, you're tying the knot. They, you know, there there is a lot of friction that that goes with that. That really heats it up and it just weakens the knot. So the idea is just a, a little bit of saliva will uh, will lubricate that so it doesn't you know heat up to temperatures that are going to make a you know a, a tippet that may be four pound uh, all of a sudden now it's two pound. I think it was just one or two great stuff from our listeners ago. That person said, make sure you, you kind of spit on that yeah, as opposed right. to lick it if it's been in the water mm-hmm, or yeah. with the potential of catching giardia. It's right. probably low. Yeah. It's something always to right. think about. But you never know. It, it could happen. Yeah. So the final idea. thing here is to clip it, right? Yeah. The excess tippet right. uh, with some nippers and yeah. not with your teeth. Right, not with your Same teeth. Same reason as before. Uh, one is if, if, if the fly's been in the water or the monofilament's been in the water, you have the potential giardia. I guess that's what... Yeah, and it may not be good for your teeth either. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> especially if you're... Uh, yeah, especially if you're using uh, you know a heavier tippet. Yeah, then, exactly. Then you don't want to do that. All right, so uh, we're, we're on a roll here with uh, store it, fluff it, attach it. Dress it is the next one. Hello. So for dry flies, you want to use some kind of fly dressing, uh, just a small dot. You, you rub it on your fingers, then apply it without poking your finger on the point of the hook. <laughs> you, you can tell from my voice that I've done that yeah, before. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what do you use for that? I cannot remember if it's like Dr. Zinc or... You know, honestly, yeah, every time yeah. I'm out and I need it, I just go into a fly shop and just a little bottle of it. It seems like they're pretty much all the same. And, yeah. and I know some people will use some, you know, have a favorite. But I, I bought some stuff a couple years ago at a fly shop. It was a little pricier. And you actually would put the fly in the liquid and and then pull it out. But that stuff was so, I don't know, it was so sticky and... and kind of drove me crazy so what i like is that just that simple yeah it's kind of a gel yeah, consistently a gel. and yeah. you just you know drop on your finger rub it together put it on the fly that's all you need it's uh it's really good so after you dress it uh, here comes the big moment it's time to cast it <laughs> so what do we need to talk about casting that fly well after all that work the one thing you don't want to do is to snap it off with the first cast and there are many ways to do that, and we've done them all, yeah. haven't we? <laughs> just this last week when we fished, it was, I just put on the dry fly, cast it once, got it caught in the overhanging tree oh, across, I know. I hate that. lost it. I mean, I literally spent probably almost 30 minutes from the time I was changing my fly to the time I lost it, and then had to put another rig up. Or set up another rig. Oh, that's right, because you had a dropper on, too. I did, wasn't, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, brush is, is a big culprit, and, and I'm I'm preaching to myself on this one because I did the same thing last week. I, I caught the fly, what, two or three times on brush in the back, and if I just would have looked, 
Yeah. Thankfully, I was able to retrieve the fly every time, but I kept thinking, you know, you got to watch, you got to pay attention. But sometimes I get so, you know, so zoned in on that, that surface of the river where I want to make my cast that I don't pay enough attention. You know, the other thing, too, is that whip snap effect. If, if you don't let your back cast unfurl all the way, this is, this is something that if you're a new fly fish, you really have to be careful. Uh, you can have that uh, snap of the whip uh, effect, and it sounds kind of cool, uh, except uh, until you realize it's snapping your fly off, then it's not so cool. Or you've been casting for 10 minutes, and then you realize you've been casting <laughs> yeah. the end of your line and there's no fly on yeah, it, especially man, if it's really tiny. This fly isn't working, and I'm not able to see it. What's the deal? Yeah, oh, exactly. yeah, okay. Uh, I haven't been, there is no fly at the end of my tippet. All right, so got all these memorized yet, Dave? Uh, I we, do. We store it, fluff it, attach it, dress it, cast it. Uh, here's another one, dry it. So how do you dry your fly that's been, say, it, this is a dry fly now. You, you don't worry that your uh, wet fly is wet. But or even your emergers, right? That's right. But you want your dry fly to stay dry. Well, often just a couple back casts will do it. And yeah. you're, in a sense, casting it back, but you're not dropping the fly. It's a little bit like false casting, or it is false casting, yeah. mm -hmm. I guess, right? So one time false casting is okay. Uh, we usually say don't do too much of it, but... Hey, there's a time. And why to, is that? Uh, well, one of the, the probably the biggest thing is you can spook fish if, if it's over the water. In fact, sometimes when I know I need to false cast my fly uh, to to get it dry, I will do it parallel to the riverbank so it's not over the surface of the water. Well, especially in spring creeks. Oh yeah, where mm -hmm. it's so clear, it's yep. just it's. The, the trout tend to be more selective in spring creeks. Right, where it's shallow. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you can blow it dry. A uh, little tip that I've learned over the years, try to do this without catching the hook in your lip. <laughs> I think I did that once several years ago. Yeah, but when you do it, blow it from the back. Um, yeah, but, but that works out pretty well. But honestly, your best bet is to use some kind of... Uh, uh, for years, I used the Orvis Shake and Float. Now I, I've got Umqua's Bug Dust. They're, they're both about the same. It's just whatever I happen to, when I need it, whenever I walk into a fly shop, what's ever there. But that's the kind of stuff that, that people use to dry flowers. And it's, it's great. You just open the lid to this little uh, container. You, you put your fly in it. Yeah, it's attached to your, to your tippet, but you, you close the... Uh, the lid and it doesn't cut your fly off or anything like that but you you just shake it for just just a few shakes of it and you open it up and it's funny because your fly looks like a ghost it's just covered with white dust but man the stuff really works and by the way after a, a false cast or even your forward cast onto the water i think it kind of blows that white dust off but Man, that works so well. It, it just does. removes water. I, How long I, does it work for you? Like if you're casting, you put it on, you cast three or four times, you got to do it again. Or how long does that last generally? Yeah, I don't know. It depends if if the fly you know ends up underwater because maybe it's rough water, or if if you get a strike. Yeah. Or sometimes even on the retrieve, it's I try to be careful to pick up my fly so it, so I'm not dragging it through the water when yeah, that's I good, retrieve actually. it. That's good actually. Yeah. It also relieves the surface tension when you do that. Lift yeah, it up does. the tip of your rod. Yeah. That's for sure. 
Well, one, another one that, uh, admittedly, Dave, we never do. We at least, have never at least done. I don't do, but uh, I'm, and maybe I'm embarrassed to admit it. But some fly fishers are big on this, and it's sharpen it. Uh, sharpen your fly fisher. And some fly fishers take along a little sharpening uh, stone so that they can you know, use that when, when, every time they get a fly out of their fly box. I don't know. I guess I, I catch so many fish. Maybe I do... Maybe I do lose some that that I would have caught if the hook was sharper. I, I don't know, uh, but yeah, that, that's a hard one. I generally about. don't do this. I don't think I've ever done this. I and may that's have done thing. it once even or twice. When, even when we fish with some really, really good guides and really good fly fishers, they don't bother doing it and unless I'm, they go home at night and do it. Yeah, but they're certainly I, not doing it on the water. Right, and I have a hunch that they don't do it, but. You know what? It's it's something to consider, and and some fly fishers are big into it. So, uh, hey, we wanted to acknowledge that. And, and one thing uh, I love about fly fishing is that you can go and drill down as deep as oh, you yeah. want uh -huh. into fly yeah. fishing. So yeah. if you are as specific and detailed that this is something you want to do, I really admire that. Yeah, yeah. But it's not something I do. No. So so there. Right. And maybe we will at some point. Well, what else do we do, Dave? <laughs> well, what we do is toss it, meaning toss it away. So obviously, at some point you're... you're because it doesn't work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're mad. Yeah. Uh, no, but I, I think you toss it if, in fact, uh, your, your hook is rusted, and that happens over time, mm -hmm. uh, or dull. And that's another thing about drying, the importance of drying out your flies so that they yeah. so that they don't rust but dull or rusted flies you know it's just beaten up i have a i've had a bunch of those uh, i remember the day we were on 16 mile oh yeah and when i was using an elk hair caddis it was yeah. a big thing mm -hmm. and by the end of the day well actually it was about only a couple hours into it they were yeah. pounding that thing so yeah. hard i had to switch it to i think i did a spruce yeah. moth after that i had a foam hopper and i mean that thing looked like it had been uh, you know through a war yeah it, like it and actually, I think I kept it because, hey, it looked fine. I mean, you know, the, the fish aren't going to be intimidated by that. But, yeah, sometimes, like, a say, a size 18 or 20 parachute atoms, you catch a few fish on that, and <laughs> at least the ones I've tied start to unravel. Yeah. Uh, well, even, even some of the good ones that commercial tires uh, tie will, you know, they, they get used enough uh, you catch enough fish on them they're going to unravel which is a very happy problem to have so here's another reason you should toss it and that is when you forget what it imitates <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> how many flies do you have you're like i have no idea why we have that or why i have that in yeah the, in the fly box that's right what in the world is this oh man <laughs> oh okay so final one uh, kind of go through these uh, again. Maybe you can, uh, you know, make a little song a out rap of them song or, or rap to this. You know, store it, fluff it, attach it, yeah, dress it, cast it, uh, dry it, sharpen it, toss it, and then repeat it. Which means, unless you toss that fly, you, you need to go back to storing it, uh, rather than doing what I do, and that's sticking it on the Velcro in my fly vest or, or in that little patch of fluffy stuff in my you know some fly vest have yeah. those and and i'll Once stick you do flies that you can't get it out again no you, you can't I hate that. oh i know you have to take scissors or your little scissors or something to 
pocket knife. <laughs> Extrude and, it. Yeah, really. <laughs> we're trying to extract this fly from the patch in my fly vest. And you've taken another five minutes. So, yeah, a little thing, but uh, that's helpful. So uh, we, we guarantee after uh, these tips, you're going you're gonna to catch 47.3% more trout. That's right. We well, guarantee yeah, it. That's right. Well, maybe not. Or your money back. I guess we can say that because our podcasts are free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but seriously, though, those are some little things, but they, they do uh, you know, help with fly presentation. And so when you're ready for that uh, moment, uh, hopefully you've got something better to cast. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. This is Brian's response to our podcast on taking an exotic fly fishing trip. Uh, we interviewed Toby Swank, our friend from Fins and Feathers in Bozeman, and Brian uh, wrote this response. He said, Hi guys, a few years back I took an escorted fly fishing trip to Slovenia, and wow, I was amazed at the scenery and the waters. I knew the guide who escorted us, but not the other participants. And while we had a great time, it became apparent that some of us were expecting a little different type of fishing during the few days in that beautiful country. Now, it should be noted that there is a difference between an escorted trip and a guided trip. On an escorted trip, you will not necessarily have the full attention of the escort. I didn't know what to expect, although I had seen photos of previous Slovenian trips, and personally, I would have preferred to spend more time on smaller rivers. I also would have enjoyed more local culture, but it was a great trip nonetheless. I guess what that escorted trip did for me was make me think about what would make my ideal trip. A local guide for a couple of days, staying in a small Slovenian hotel or farm stay, and almost all my fishing on small rivers. Nine months later, I did just that renting a car from the airport and driving to a super farm stay at the junction of two rivers. I hired a local guide who I had met on the previous trip, and we visited several small rivers well away from the popular rivers. The farm stay was comfortable and the food was excellent. No choice, just local Slovenian cuisine. The owner spoke very little English, but again, that only added to the adventure. I'm not saying I don't go on an escorted trip, but be sure of what you want from the trip, and maybe next time you'll feel comfortable enough to organize a trip yourself tailored to your exact needs. That is a terrific comment. Yeah, that's really helpful. And I, I guess with an escorted trip, what the escort does is get you there to the river, but they're not necessarily guiding you. You know, I remember a number of years ago, this is back in the mid-90s when... Uh, my dad had a friend in Paradise Valley who, who had a, he had an outfitter's license. He was an outfitter, but he really wasn't a fly fisher. And and he was taking uh, a couple of uh, clients, but one of them had a guide along, you know, horseback into Slough Creek. So he said, "Hey, you guys want to go with us?" Well, sure. So we did, and and I went in, and I remember I did catch a really nice eighteen-inch uh, cutthroat on a. On a, on a royal trude that day. But I, I thought about it then. I thought, you know, I would have loved to have had a guide with me that knew that creek a little bit better because at the time I had not fished that. Well, I think you and I back in the 80s had tried it once. We didn't know what yeah, we were doing. Yeah, I remember doing. that. And, and we it, went to the middle meadow, didn't we? The second yeah, meadow. Or did we make it to the middle? Or just the first? I think maybe just the lower, the first meadow. Huh. but. Huh. Anyway, we, we went in on horseback, and, and you know the guy that had a guide did better. Uh, I, I think now, if, if I knew what I was doing, if, if, I, if I knew then what I know now, I, I think I'd be fine. But 
just remind me on that trip, yeah, it's one thing for somebody to escort you to get you back to where you want to fish, but uh, it's another thing to have a guide. If you don't know the river, man, it's nice to have a guide that first time. What I really like about this comment, if you think about any vacation that you take, the more you can do it yourself and have the confidence to do that, the more you do get to experience the local culture. Yes. You also get to control the experience. And mm-hmm. like for him, he wanted to fish smaller rivers. That I would want to fish smaller yes. rivers. Mm-hmm. If I were just doing a guided trip or an escorted trip with a big boat down these big rivers or just, I mean, even fishing the Yellowstone, how wide the Yellowstone is like in Paradise Valley, without having anybody guiding you on it for the first time, if you're wade fishing, it'd be tough, right? You yeah. need to know, mm-hmm. you know, where to put in and not to put in, but where to, where to hike up and where to, yeah. um, the different public access points. So this idea of creating a tailored trip, it's probably only something you can do after you do an escorted trip yeah. the first time. Cause then you have the knowledge, right. yep. but I love that. I love that idea. That was really it's good. something that I would prefer yep. to do. Makes a lot of sense. Well, it's time to set the hook and land this podcast hook set. Man, Dave, I feel like we need some sound effects there, either a splash or a real screeching. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, thanks. Work on that, will you? All right, Hook Set is a feature where we set the proverbial hook and wrap up our podcast by sharing a quote that we'll reflect on briefly. Uh, Today's quote comes from a classic, The Complete Angler. That's complete, C-O-M-P-L-E-A-T, by Isaac Walton. I mean, this was originally published in 1654 in England. And I suspect that like the Bible, it gets talked about more than it gets read. I have to admit that I never read The Complete Angler by Isaac Walton until four years ago. But here's the opening stanza to his angler song. All right. Okay, here we go. A little poetry for you. As inward love breeds outward talk, the hound some praise and some the hawk, some better pleased with private sport, use tennis, some a mistress court, but these delights I neither wish nor envy while I freely fish. (laughs) Wow. A little bit over my head. Yeah. How about that first line? As inward love breeds outward talk. I have no idea what he's saying there. But I get the next part. The hound, some prey, some the hawk, some better pleased with private sport. Yeah, some like tennis, some like golf, some like this, some like that. But I don't wish for any of those things when I fly fish. That's what he's saying. It's interesting. Just this morning I was working out. I was uh, either running or lifting weights. And I realized, not realized, but just a thought hit me. I am so glad I gave up golf or trying to golf. Oh, I know it. And we all admit that we're not great at golf, but I, I... I just gave it up. I said, you know, I just, I'm not going to be able to golf with clients. I just won't be able to do it. And I'll figure something else out. Yep. And nor envy while I freely fish. Yeah, that's, that's the key line. And, you know, to those people who like golf better than fly fishing, that's, that's fine. You could say the same thing, nor envy while I freely golf. But, hey, that's why we fly fish, isn't it? That's, you know, when we're fly fishing... I think I've said this before. I've never wished that I was, you know, sitting in Bush Stadium in St. Louis watching a Cardinals game as much as I love that. But honestly, there's been some times that I've been watching my beloved Cardinals where I thought, oh, man, I wish I was out on the river. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's especially true in, in Milwaukee when I go up there to Miller Park. Because when you walk into the park, you actually cross a, 
uh, a little river or a stream that uh, runs pretty clear and I wouldn't I just wonder if at times during the year you know there's some fish that are running I in bet from, some of those runners go up there uh, yeah Absolutely. I know I bet even some of those salmon might go up so there. I'm stopping there and thinking oh man I'm on the way to a game but I wish I was fly fishing hey didn't you fish the Milwaukee River a couple years ago oh yeah I fished that before in the fall. And, right yeah I've caught that goes right through downtown yeah, Milwaukee, it's doesn't a little, it? Right. I fish a little bit north of it. Maybe, what, it can't be much more than 10 minutes from where, you know, from downtown. It's uh, Estabrook Park. It's not far from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. And, yeah, you can, you can catch them there. So, anyway, uh, when we're fishing, we're not envying anybody else, right? No. No, or what they're doing, golfing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Rollerblading. Yep. Whatever. Oh, man, no kidding. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.